We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And on this week's episode, an interesting one. One that kind of just popped into my head when we were thinking about topics to do for this week. Oh, really? And it's one that I didn't even have written down in the notes, but it's something that I always think about. And when we were kind of talking about it before we started the podcast, it's something you don't think about. I did not think about this. We were chatting previously up to this, and my mind is Keanu Reeves right now. Yeah, whoa. And... The style today is, or the style, the episode today is brewery look. The look, interior, decor, exterior, uh, just kind of the vibe that you get. Aesthetics. When you go to a brewery. So that's going to be the the podcast today. You can find us all over the place. We are on radio.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 1080thefan.com, and then social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter, and Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. That's where we post the podcast, and you can interact with us there as well. And uh, before we get into all that, though, weekend beer quickly, nothing too crazy for me. Um, been drinking some of the beer that we talked about that we got uh, delivered to us last week and uh, had the left hand nitro coffee porter, which I forgot was nitro. When I opened it and poured it, I was like, this looks weird. And I was Why like, is my beer flat? And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> it's a nitro beer in a can. I always like when that happens. I don't and, drink uh, a ton of nitro beers just in general, let alone in a can. How was it? It was like, really good. Like the nitro way. Like, it, was, it was good. It came across well in the can. Like, I don't know much about that, it being did. honest. It, it, um, it poured exactly like it would come out of a tap. It had kind of a little, like, the... You have the solid wall of the nitro, the foam on top. Yeah, like that thick, the that thick, thick foam. And then you have the... Almost like the waterfall of foam that mm. is like coming up into it. Yeah, like you'd see in a traditional way you pour a Guinness exactly. sort of thing. It had that look exactly pouring it in the can. And I, I've had nitro in cans before, and there's usually a little ball or something that kind oh, of yeah. pops when you open it. And that allows it to keep the nitro in it. But it was really solid. It was a really good chocolatey coffee porter. And I don't, I like nitro. I know you're not the biggest nitro fan in the world, but I tend to like nitro, especially for dark beers, and that was a lot of fun. I, it's a, it's interesting to, to see that you don't see it very often in no, cans. No, you don't. I'm just I'm just a lover of CO2. Like, yeah. you, you want the carbonation? Yeah, baby. You want to burp? Yeah, a lot. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, mine wasn't too crazy. I mean, you know, like you watched some football and uh, some football and football. And uh, Friday night was fun. My last Friday, I uh, went out went out with some friends. We did Loyal Legion, had a couple beers at Loyal Legion, and then we went up to this place called Revelry, Korean Korean like street fairs, I believe is how Google would describe their menu. Okay, um, it was absolutely fantastic. They had like fried chicken pieces with peanut brittle as a glaze. Well, that, um, that was amazing, and then we shared a bunch of their different uh, like bowls and rice cakes and stuff like that. And then we stopped at Wayfinder for last call. Basically, we sat down. They were like my buddies that I was with. They're they're pretty staunch IPA drinkers, you know, similar to me. 
they sat down, they were like, oh man, what are we going to get? And they're instantly looking at the two IPA choices that Wayfinder has. And you were like, like, stop it. They were like, which one should I get? They were like looking at me because they know I go there. They know I love their beer. They were like, which one should I get? And I was like, I have no no clue. I don't drink IPAs here. Server came by. I was like, I'll have the Hellas, please. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the problem for you at Wayfinder is I feel like you always have the Hellas. I know, I know, I know. You should explore the menu, explore the space. I know, I know. And now that it's in cans, you don't have to go there just to get the Hellas. I know, but it's so good. Yeah, but how many times have you had the Hell in the last week? Oh, oh, I did have we our, my second beer. I had their Party Time Pilsner. Okay, which was great. Which you've also had before. I have had that before. They have like a ten beers you've probably never had. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's not true. No, I do try stuff. Like I've had their Schwartz beer. I've had their Vienna Lager. The Hell is just so damn good. How am I going to say no? And I got excited, and I had one of my favorite things ever, and I'm trying to nerd out it, nerd out on it with my friends, and they could give two S's about it. But the hell came in, like, the mug, like yeah. the Stein mug, and I was really pumped about that. And then the Pilsner came in the tall, skinny glass, yeah. and I was like, glassware. And they were like, what are you talking about? I know. About? I was like, look at this. Look at this. The Pilsner came in a Pilsner glass. They're like, you're weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we your friend? What? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's great. I love that place. I always have a good time. Next time you go explore. I know they had a coffee. They had a coffee lager that the other, the other guys I was with were really excited about. And I was like, I just don't really like coffee beer. Yeah. But you got to try it sometimes. Yeah. Some of the other stuff they had on the menu, if my memory serves me correct. You got to uh, look at stuff that I've tried, but I just, I, I promise I'm trying. You got to look at what I do. I'm actually going to places and ordering Pilsners, and I'm ordering IPAs, and I'm not choosing the dark beer all the time. No. I'm very proud of myself for this. I'm very proud of you too, Mike. I'm learning. I'm trying, and, I, and I'm liking it too. It's but, not, that, it's but not you know, that hard for me anymore. But you know me. I'm super stubborn. Yeah, you are. And curmudgeon. <laughs> I'm just on a box here yelling at kids, get off my lawn. Well, don't yell at kids. That's not nice. Okay, I will politely... Speak loudly at them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Once again, remember social media at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter at PDD 085 on Instagram. Follow us there. Interact with us there. Let's get into uh, the segment, the topic today. I've tried calling it a style and a segment. The topic (laughs) of the day today, which is the brewery look. Now, let's start with interior because obviously that's where you spend most of your time. Occasionally, there's an outdoor area where you can eat, but interior, that's when you spend your time in the brewery. A lot of breweries, especially in this area, in my opinion, have a very similar look. There's exposed ceilings, there's wood, there's clean lines, there's kind of like a black slate thing going on with the wood, Uh, very kind of modern but rustic because you haven't finished the building you're in but everything that you have done is very modern yeah it's almost like a a a designed unfinished product yes and i think that 95 percent of breweries in this area have a very similar vibe to that on the inside and i wonder why i wonder why everyone is doing the same thing in that realm or if it's just easy so that's what you do because you're focused on the beer and not the look it's tough to say man you brought this to me and i was like what no they don't they don't all look the same and i was like "Uh uh-oh they do i started thinking about it you're going through like this brewery looks like this one which also looks like this one and this one 
Well, I think I, I think there's there's I think there's two types of I think there's two styles that are still very similar, but it's more like different scales on that interior initial building design. Is I think when you go downtown, places like Deschutes, Von Ebert, the Rogue down there, even a lot of those places, I agree with you. Slap Town, Ten Barrel, they look they look very similar, and then you have the scale down. Now those are kind of bigger breweries, you know. Uh, Bridgeport, despite the brick outside, inside it still kind of has that same sort of vibe. Yeah, there is a little more brick inside there, which makes it a little bit more unique. But still, big ceilings yeah. and clean, you know, clean pathways, industrial yep. staircase. Yeah, and then there's this. Those are all bigger breweries, like in terms of production size, and definitely location has has a a part to deal with that. But then I was thinking to myself, but no, that's totally different. If you go to like. Berlick or Ruse or Culmination, like uh, oh, oh, those are just smaller versions. Mm. Oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, because um, <laughs> they're yeah, they they're this the ceilings are still high, but not as high. The building's not as big, but they're still exposed. But they're still ceilings. exposed ceilings. And there's it's, wood paneling. Yeah, and yeah. Slate. I don't know. Maybe maybe I think a lot of it could have to do with the fact that that beer is like a working man's beverage, working woman's ber- beverage, working person's beverage. And those kind of unfinished industrialized spaces kind of, I don't know, meet that middle ground of trying to be somewhere hip and cool, but also remember that we're blue collar. Right. I don't know. I guess that's a good point because, yeah, it's it's designy, right? Yeah. Designerly. Yeah. It's almost representing like the beer. The beer is craftily made, very, very honed in and very articulate in terms of how you want your recipe and very specific on ingredients and stuff like that. But at the same time, Joe Schmo's like you and me drink it. Right. So it's got to kind of maybe find that balance. I think it I'm probably does, from though. the hip here. Well, no, you might be right, though, because designerly, in terms of look, attracts the, the I guess, the upscale crowd. Mm-hmm. And then exposed ceilings and wood attracts maybe more of a working class crowd. I don't know. It yeah. could, you could be right. Or or maybe it just makes it comfortable for both. Maybe it not attracts those crowds, right? But makes it comfortable for both because you're not you're not walking into a Michelin star restaurant that's got black curtains and everyone's in suits, right? And you know, can you imagine if we had a brewery like that? It'd be kind of funny. Uh, actually. Here's your four course meal. <laughs> Did you just come up with the best idea ever? Maybe. <laughs> You get like a, a prefix menued brewery. Yeah. So you pay like eighty bucks and you get really great food and also pair it with beers. Yeah. Eight ounce beers per meal. You wanna what? I mean <laughs> I mean I've done something like that. There there have been not to get too off topic real quick. I have done something like that, but not like five star formal right. like, you know, some snotty older waiter comes to me with some snooty accent. I haven't had that. But I've had like beer paired dinners many times. Those are fun. Oh, I know that, and realize we're saying this into a microphone that people are listening to, so the idea is no longer just ours. Yeah, whoops. But I was like, that's actually a really good idea. That, that would really get like the people who love chef's menu restaurants, mm-hmm. but also like beer. Yeah. You don't have to wine pair, you could beer pair. Yeah, your appetizer pair would be the Wayfinder Hellas. Great idea. Love it. <laughs> I mean, you're your own brewery. You're making <laughs> oh, yeah, your yeah, own yeah. beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, someone else's beer. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be our own beer. Oh, oh, right, right. Our beer. Right. Yeah. That would be just like the hell. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I, I stole the keg from Wayfinder. Yeah, sorry. It's our beer, but it's not our beer. Um, don't do that. So, yeah, it, maybe it is that, that it attracts all kinds of people coming in and just makes it more comfortable for a lot of people. But I think what I would like, personally, is places to kind of go a little crazy. 
Like in, in what we saw, or you said you saw one in Denver that was very, it was like a metal themed one. Oh yeah, that is um, true. Yes, true yeah. with a V instead of a U. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you described it sounds like that did not look like other breweries. No, there's no brewery in Portland that looks like that to my knowledge. That was like one long hallway. It was dark, black lights. Um, it looked kind of like a cave. Right. And I'd like more unique things like that. Now, I understand that the reason that a lot of these breweries look the same is because a lot of them are taking over old warehouse spaces mm-hmm. or just really large buildings that have been unused for a while. So they all kind of have the same look. Yeah. Right? You're not just like... Especially in the Pearl. Right. Because that, that, you know, the Pearl used to be nothing. Right. But it, even without that in mind... You're taking over an old space that's been unused for a while, even if it's not a warehouse, and it's kind of easy just to leave the ceilings exposed and just put the stuff in and go. I think it'd be really cool if you got more, uh, maybe not themed, but hell, why not themed, right? Like, uh, this might be a little bit of a hint towards our Beer of the Week coming up next, but uh, like Level is got a lot of video game stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be cool if that if that place was like really, really Nintendo-y? When yep. you went there, it it fit the theme. It'd be different. It'd be interesting. It it add to the to the experience of going. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually haven't been to level, so I don't know if it is like that. I'm just throwing it out there because I know that they have kind of have a theme. Uh, it looks like. <laughs> uh it 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 looks like every other brewery in town. Uh, kind of it's it's that smaller scale size. Yeah. So it looks kind of like you know, like I mentioned previously, the bear like the the um culmination kind of style yep you walk in you can see the brewery order at the bar there's some tables the patio yeah it's a cool place right but i mean we think all these places are cool right maybe that's also and also that might be it is we all think they're kind of cool so why why go away from what looks cool i don't think anybody has a problem with it to yeah i'm not complaining i'm just i'm noticing to to maybe flip to the other side there is somebody that has a space that i think is very different than others and i this has nothing to do with the beer, and I'm not saying that I don't like going there, but it's just kind of, it's so different that I don't know how I feel about it, I should say, uh, is Modern Times. Well, that place that place is way different than anything else. When Commons was in there, very similar to what you're talking about. But they have done stuff to make it completely, just completely different. Um, it is an old brick warehouse building. It's right there on the corner of... Uh, what is that, Belmont and uh, uh, what is that, Sandy or 6th or something like that, right there on the corner. And then when you walk in, when you walked into Commons, you walked in, it was just brick inside, high ceilings, pretty straightforward, some some stools and the bar right there. When Modern Times moved in, it's basically the same spot, but there's this giant pinata of macho man randy savage hanging from the ceiling <laughs> and they have a, it's like the whole place is designed with string art um so it's like strings being being pulled across the entire all the walls creating these artistic patterns mm-hmm. uh it looks very southern california is what would pop out in my mind and then they've got these weird kind of like that's where they're from figurine collections in little spots um that's cool yeah that place is the building is exactly like what you're talking about, what everybody else kind of has. But they 
took a way big twist on it. And so that would be probably your most obvious different spot. But that's the only one that's coming to my brain right now. And I think one thing, too, is if you're listening, you're going, oh, no, this place is different. This place is different. The first place I thought of was Bowie, right? Mm -hmm. Bowie is different not because of the inside, but because of its location and its windows. Yeah, because like if you took the river out of the picture. It would be the same thing. Would it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's, their little tap room, like not the restaurant itself, but when you walk in, you have the tap room to the right. That is, hi, I make Oregon beer written right. all over it. No, but even in the restaurant, it's not necessarily as much wood, but it's the slate, it's the mm-hmm. clean lines, it's the metal, it's all that stuff that you see. But because the windows are right on the water and the river, and you, it feels like you're on top of the river, like literally, yeah. you kind of are. Um, that makes that place great. They also have the hole in the ground where you can see sea lions. Right. And, you know, that that adds to the interior, but if you took that away, generally it's about the same. Interesting. You now they kind of have the cool little, like, circular bar in the middle because they're going to the buoy theme mm-hmm. and they've got their cool sample trays. And that's all part of it, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Decor is not just about the walls and the general look. It's all about – it's also about the plates you use and the silverware and the sample trays and all that kind of stuff. But if you want – if I want to poo-poo on that, think about sample trays generally. Yeah. They're all kind of the same. They're all kind of the same. That's why we nerded out so hard when we went to Stormbreaker because they had the like, it was like the St. John's Bridge was the taster train. We were like, okay, that's cool. Right. To where other places it's like a paddle or a circular circular dish or something like that. And it's all kind of like, oh, yeah. We've nerded out about the buoy one before because it's it's circle. It's just the metal. And it looks like a buoy. It's great. It's perfect. Um, Ten Barrel got rid of this, but they used to have one that was a giant bridge. And you would have 10 beers on it. 10 beers? Yeah. Dope. On the sample tray. Yeah, I know. Dude, I brought a friend there once. We had to, my wife was working and she was like, if you get too drunk, you should call me. We had to call her. (laughs) Because that was our third stop and we had 10 each sample tray. Oof. And it was like, oh boy. Maybe that's why they stopped, Mike, because of you. Me? I didn't drive. I walked out, and my wife picked me up. I was good. I was a good citizen. I went to a Boulder Brewing Company once in Boulder, Colorado, obviously. Shocking. And uh, I don't know if they still do it, because it's been years since I've been there, but they they did uh, a taster tray that was one of every beer they had on draft. And I was like, every beer? That sounds fun. I would love to try. You know, I don't get a ton of your beer. I would love to try all your beers. I'll have one of those. Comes back, it's like 20 beers. I was like, oh, okay, help. You know who else does that? (laughs) Hub. Oh, Hopworks does that? Hopworks does that. Oh, wow. They have a giant tray, yeah, and it's a circle, and they make it like a spiral of beers all around. It's their entire tap list. Sweet doggy. It's fun. Um, So I think that's part of it, too, but still it's kind of the same. So I I really think it'd be really cool if – I'm going to say metal themed because I know Grains of Wrath, they have metal music playing, and we mm-hmm. went up there uh, in Canvas. But but there you go. What does Grains look like? The same. It, it reminds me of Ten Barrel. It's yes. like a little more industrialized, camas version of, I don't even know what camas version means, but that kind of style of Ten Barrel. It's next kinda. to the factory, so it's yeah. kind of got that industrial feel to it. Yeah. On that, it, on that note, too, real quick, just to interject on this, like I was in Bend in August and went to the new Sun River location there and the new Boneyard location. Sun River, yep, looks like looks like Grains of Wrath right. sort of thing. And then I went to Boneyard and I walked in because there's two entrances you can park in the back or the entrance from the front. And for and those I, who don't know, Boneyard started 
in the smallest little garage thing ever. <laughs> it was tiny. Yeah, you couldn't get a beer. You could get samples, but you yep. couldn't like drink a beer. Yep. So I came in through through the back door, which walks walks down these steps into this like fifties lounge, and you were like, "Whoa, this is wild! This is the new spot here." And I'm like looking, and there's like like a bunch of old dudes sitting at the bar watching TV, harassing the waitress. And I was like, oh, man, this is like, like these guys were planned. Like, they, they're yeah, planted it's here. It's Mad Men. Yeah, it's Mad Men right here. They should have been smoking stugs and stuff like that. And um, But I wanted to check the place out. So then I walked to the left and checked out the back area where the patio is, like every other brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. I, that's why I'm saying I think it'd be cool if there was a, a place or two that opened up that went, Full the opposite Let's way. Let's reinvent this sort of thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, I guess don't don't change what's not broken. Well, I guess that's probably part of it. Like when a lot of people design, they're kind of saying, you know, not that this is what everyone does, so I have to do it. I don't mean it like that, but if, if it's already creating the base feel that everybody is, I don't know, accustomed to or enjoys. I mean, hell, think about this. I think all the brewers that open new breweries... They once worked somewhere, yep. and they were like, they saw it all day, every day, and they got used to it, and they might say, okay, well, I want to do this part different and this part different, but they all come from the same spot. That could be part of it, too. Yeah, that, I think that's that's true, and and to people who say it doesn't matter to them, that might that, that's fine. It doesn't have to matter to you. It, I mean, frankly, it doesn't matter to me. I still go to all the places, and I enjoy it, but think about it this way. You're sitting in a restaurant, any restaurant, doesn't have to be a brewery, and you know, you're with one person, two people. Sometimes the conversation dies down. You're just looking around, you know, you're drinking, you're eating your food. There's a lot of restaurants that are just frankly boring. Yeah. Right? There's nothing to look at. You're just sitting there and you're like, oh, look, a wall. Okay, I'll just sit here then. Um, <laughs> Ooh, my phone. Right. The death. Right. You just want to go right, right to your phone. Yeah. But then think about places because there's a lot of places that are really interesting inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, one that I like to think of is uh, Stepping Stone Cafe, which is one of my favorite breakfast places that's up on Northwest 23rd, kind of by where Breakside is, Slabtown. Um, they are in a really small, it's kind of dinery. They've got all sorts of tchotchkes all over the wall, and they've got like this, this little string system attached to their door that has all these little figurines on it. So when the door opens, they all kind of move up and down. And like, it's just interesting to be in there. Yeah. And it's, there's stuff to look at. There's people to look at. You're kind of right next to where they're cooking the food. And it, it's just a cool place. So sure, the food's good, and sure, you want to go there because of that. But there's an extra layer that makes it better. If it was boring, I would not go there because I still like the food, but it adds to it. It makes it, it it adds to the experience, and it'd be cool if there was if there was a place like Ruse or not Ruse, um, like True, where it was kind of like really, really over the top. This is who we are. This yeah. is our theme, and you're going to accept it. Well, I think it also it also makes sense for True to do something like that, and I think they also have an added benefit. They are mixed culture only. That's like really the only thing they brew. Sure, they have like a Pilsner and an IPA on tap because you kind of have to, but their bread and butter is their mixed fermentation, mixed culture, weird, outside-the-box kind of stuff. So when you have a brewery that that is like, okay, this is what we're going to make, and we're only going to make this stuff, it kind of allows you to push that boundary and be different and be intricate because you already have made that choice within your beer. So why not bring that to your aesthetics of your location as well? Now, but, for- I, but I agree. I think it would be nice for someone to just say, no, 
sure, we make American style beers and, you know, we've got an IPA and lager and a stout and, you know, a red ale and blah, blah, blah. And we do some barrel aid, da, 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 da. But I like this. It would be cool. Yeah. To yeah. just kind of say, throw the whole thing out the window, start from scratch and let's do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Now to the exterior side of this, this is a little bit less detailed in my mind. I mean, the exterior, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I but, don't think so. But I do think it's cool. Like the slab town has the huge mural outside, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty badass. Yeah, I love I love artwork outside of yep. breweries a lot. I think Bridgeport having the brick outside makes it unique. I mean, because a lot of the exteriors are kind of the same too. There's there's the all glass sliding garage doors that open, mm-hmm. and there's the wood, and there's the. I mean, you're it, you're kind of trapped in the building that you choose in terms of that. But you know, you, industrial look, right? The exteriors don't look that different either. Yeah, I'm. I think some of them have a little bit, but I think for the most part, you're right. Um... The, and I think that matters even less than interior. I think so too. It's just it's cool walking up to Slab and being like, "Oh, look at that!" That's yeah, neat. my my one of my favorites is walking up to Deschutes. Is I love that it's you know that old armory building. Yeah, like that's really cool. That was a cool spot to put a brewery. But you're right. I mean, like Slabtown was an old warehouse, and Von Eber when it when it first started at Fatheads, I imagine was the same sort of idea because I don't remember what was in there before Fatheads. Nope. And Ten Barrel was the same way. Ten Barrel was a mellow mushroom pizza joint. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that they just refaced and made into made into that conglom that conglomerate beast they've got there. And but I mean, but at the same time, Bridgeport down the street. That's a cool old brick building. That's what I'm saying. That to me is one of the more unique ones. Yeah, those it's ones cool. are cool. But you're right. I mean, if if you bounce around town to the different stuff, yeah, the, the exterior I don't think really matters. You go to the east side, and there's smaller places, of course, but it's. You know, they just look like the building. Yeah, like when I I think of migration right now, migration kind of looks like apex. Right. It's just like a, like a building with an outdoor patio, one one story building with an outdoor patio. Now the place that does this actually, I'm going to change my tune a tiny bit. There's one place that totally goes away from this. Oh, really? Is it going to blow my mind? I mean, no, you know what it is. Oh, McMinimins. Oh, McMinimins. <laughs> McMinimins is the one that 100%. goes completely away from this. 100%. And I feel How like an idiot not, for not uh, saying it yet. but I, I feel gl- really stupid now, yeah. I'm glad that I thought about it before we stopped recording because I would have felt like an idiot when everyone messaged oh, yeah. me, uh, oh, yeah. how about every McMinimins ever? Yeah, you just you just spent 30 minutes talking about brewery aesthetics and how everybody looks the same and forgot to mention, you know, oh, the place that has 45 locations in a 10-mile radius. And all of them are in old, cool buildings. That is the well, truth. Well, not all of them, most of them. Um, Ooh, is this where we gush over our, like, our favorite McMinimins places? I actually haven't been to a ton of McMinimins, so I, I don't really have a lot of places to gush over. Oh. Um, I, I don't, I haven't done their little, like, passport tour thing or anything. I I think the coolest slash creepiest one is uh, the one out in Forest Grove. That's uh, like an old. It's actually a hotel too. Yeah, dude, that place is creepy. I haven't and, been to that and one. And cool. Um, I've been to John Barleycorns and uh, Tigard. They have an old church one down in Wilsonville. I've been to. I haven't really explored the McMinimins that much. To be you honest, should. With you should. You should. Oh, and I've been to the one Cornelius Pass out in Hillsborough. The the venues are super awesome. Um, I live in North Portland, so I'm very lucky. I live down the street from the Chapel Pub. Which is their, what I found out is I believe that's where their like headquarters are, their corporate headquarters. So all their big, all the big brass is in that building, but it's an old chapel and the bar is in the middle of where 
service mass, whatever it is, whatever you'd call it, is there. And there's booths up against the wall, and the whole thing literally looks like the inside of a church. Yeah. And then down the road even further is the Kennedy School, which is an old elementary school. That place is really great. Um, and then there's Edgefield, of course, which is an old poor farm. Those are three of my favorites. Uh, and then there's the one up in Chehalis, as random as this sounds. There's one up in Chehalis that is literally like an old saloon. Hmm. And it's super dope. That's cool. I don't know why on earth you're going to Chehalis. I was there for a wedding, and the bride would tell you, this is why I don't live in Chehalis anymore. Uh, but that place is really, really cool. So so that's the outside of the box. So but, McMinimins is doing outside of the box. But you can't do that anymore. Because if if someone were like let's say let's say let's take our good friends at Grains of Wrath okay. let's say Mike out there decides he wants to open a second location in Portland he won't he's in love with Canvas but I'm just using him as an example if he were to like what if I took an old school an old movie theater an old fill in the blank and made it a brewery somebody would be like yeah but McMinimins does that so. Who cares what McMinimins does? If I'm just saying, but they've built that as their brand. That's that fine, I don't though. think you could go that route. You have to go a different route. Otherwise, well, you'd be a copycat. Well, I guess that's true. But I also don't think because one brewery does it really well uh, doesn't mean that you can't do it also. It shouldn't say it, it shouldn't stop you from doing that. Now, I'm not saying go get an old movie theater. I but, suppose that's true. I see what you're saying. But think about it like um, there's a there's an old old house near where I, I lived when I first moved here downtown. It's called the Lad House. And it's on Southwest Broadway and Southwest Jefferson, kind of over there. And there's a restaurant in it called Raven and Rose. Oh, yeah, I know the place. It's literally just an old house. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of, right? It's not necessarily, you don't have to go over the top like McMinimins does and go get this really cool historic building and turn it into your own place. But it doesn't, if you get an old house, then why not make it feel like you're having beers at home in a brewery, but it's in the house? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, for that specific argument, that specific example, I mean, where are you going to put tanks? Figure it out. <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. Just Mike. figure it out, Patrick. <laughs> Come on, just do it. <laughs> just add a building to the back of the house. Yeah. I it's need, like storage. Yeah, I need three 20-barrel fermenters. Make it work. I don't know. Somewhere. Put well, them in the I basement. Mean, or... Again, it could be like a second location. You don't need to brew anything there. It could all come from the first location. That is true. Yes, yes. That is a great point. Put a second location in a cool place, and it's just, it's just different. That's yeah. all. Anyway, we've gone very long on this. Um, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying this conversation. No, me too, but I, I don't have too much else to say. The only thing I was going to add was, uh, actually, I was going to ask what your favorite and least favorite ones were, but we've kind of gone through all of them already, so it's kind of... Yeah, what's my... We've f- talked about what we like and what we don't like. Yeah, yeah, and like, like for example, I made, I made this this comparison, you know, because I've I've spent time... Uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time at, like, the Breakside Decom location and the Breakside Slabtown location, and I was thinking about this. It's like, Decom reminds me, or this other one reminds me of Decom, reminds me of Double Mountain in Hood River. Reminds me of that it's it's lower ceilings, but it's you know kind of in a smaller place, but still kind of nice vibe, simple, um, yet kind of neighborhoody sort of thing. Mm-hmm. To where then like Freem reminds me like Slabtown, high ceilings, like cooler part of town, quote unquote. Um, but I think I have decided that this is probably like I go to Freem for the beers and the view, I guess, because you're right down there on the water. Yeah. But there's something about being in those smaller. That smaller scale, like I like to go to Double Mountain. That aesthetic is more my thing. Like Decom is more my thing. 
I have no problem going to the bigger ones like a Freem or or uh, Von Ebert or something like that. But I am the small guy. I like the culminations of the world, the bear licks of the world. I'm and not those as, are even smaller than yeah, the Mountain. Yeah. I'm I'm not the I'm not the the. It's going to sound like I'm bagging on it, but I'm not. I'm not the the slab town ten barrel. Bridgeport right, kind you're of You're less did. about the bustling beer crowd and more about the small homey feel. I like the neighborhood style, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my last question was, does it really matter? And, I mean, we kind of already have gone over that, too. The answer is really no. Yeah, I don't... Because it's not like the industry's suffering because of it, but I... Again, I'll, I'll reiterate this. I think that if you did something different and unique, it wouldn't matter in terms of getting people in, but I think it might help in getting people to come back. Because yeah. it's different. I think... I, it's I think, another reason they would come back. I think you've got a great point there. It's why McMinimins has been so successful and will continue to be successful. Um, I, I agree. But I think at the same time, the reason why it, quote-unquote, doesn't matter is because if you have good beer, good service, and good food, that creates everything. Yep. That creates your own atmosphere. That creates your own environment. And now the people dictate what your atmosphere is, not just the building. And that's a great But the building point. can help, but it doesn't, it's not going to take away. Unless it's like dirty and gross and dilapidated, like dilapidated, you're going you're gonna to be fine. And that, that brings me back, and we'll wrap it up after this, that brings me back to when I grew up. Uh, one of the most common things that you'll find, there's two in where I grew up in New Jersey. There's diners, uh, but there's also Italian restaurants, mm. like really hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurants. No such thing in Portland. Uh, there's not a lot of them, no. Um <laughs> Every single hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurant has a very similar feel. Yeah. It kind of, you know, you got the pictures on the wall. You got the the tablecloths on the tables. It's small. It's really, really intimate. Um, you know, there's the Italian music playing. There's you know, it's, there's a vibe to Italian restaurants. But it's the service, and it's the, obviously, the food. And it's kind of, there's almost like a, a personality to each of those places that makes it unique. There was a place we used to go to all the time called Luca's. And the owner of Luca's was there every single night, and he'd come by to everyone's table, and he would know you if you went frequently, and he'd ask you how you're doing and whatever, and you can check up with him. But that made that place special, and their food was incredible and everything, but um, that was what was made it kind of, let's go back to Luca's, right? Luca knows us. Yeah. It was Luca. He knows us. We're going to go back and support him. And that's what made it different where, where I grew up, and that's kind of the point that I'm making. Yeah. I did. Let's break and uh, come back with beer of the week, which I've already teased who it is. And do you remember? Yeah. Okay. And it's a style that we talked about in the year in review. I think I know what beer it is. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think I do. All right, cool. That's next on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Time for Beer of the Week here on this week's episode of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Now, I've already spoiled who the brewery is. It is Level Brewing. We've talked about them a little bit today. And I've already sort of spoiled, if you remember correctly, the style of the beer that this is. And I talked about this in the year in review episode. I was the one who actually brought it up. It made me proud that I said it. Um, Because I've now seen two or three of these on the market. Whoa. Excuse me. Panic sneeze. Uh, I've seen two or three of these on the market, and it's making me think that we're going to see more of it moving forward. It's a Japanese-style beer made by an American brewer. 
a rice lager. So this is Sweep the Leg, their Japanese-style rice lager. And um, I like the reference, Sweep the Leg. And actually, my wife had this. She, no mercy. She grabbed this because she likes light beers, and she loves Japanese beers. And uh, she had it in the fridge and had it, and she said she liked it a lot. So when I saw this today, I was like, okay, here's our beer of the week. She liked it a lot. I saw it on tap at Cerveza. Not on tap. I saw it in the fridge at Cerveza. They had the Ex Novo Japanese-style beer on tap. And uh, I actually haven't had this yet, so this is going to be a first-time try for me. And I've never been the biggest fan of Japanese-style beers. If you ever go to a sushi place or a Japanese restaurant... Super bubbly. They have a couple of a couple of things that are... Um, a couple of things that are always there, like Kirin Ichiban and stuff like that, are always at every Japanese restaurant. They're fine. I don't love them too much, but I don't hate them. I wonder if I'm going to feel any different about this one. This can says barn brewed in Portland, Oregon. I think that's cute. <laughs> uh, what I don't understand is it is 19.2 full ounces, which is one pint and 3.2 full ounces or 568 milliliters. Isn't Zol- it fluid ounces? What? Fluid ounces? Fluid ounces? Oh, sure. Yeah, fluid ounces. Shouldn't yeah. you know that more than me? <laughs> Whatever. Like, who needs to put that? Uh, I don't understand why there is as much beer in this can as there is. Oh, because it's just a strange-shaped can? No, it's just like there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, if you look at it and you're like, why Why does this bottle have 16.9 ounces? That's weird. Oh, because it's 500 milliliters. Mm. Got it. You know, the metric system. So why does this have 568 milliliters? Yeah. Not because it's an even and ounce number either. fluid ounces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on the side, it says, sweep the leg, a session lager inspired by the easy drinking rice lagers of Japan. New Zealand hops. My favorite. Subtle tropical coconut hop character. You're really loving this New Zealand hops, huh? Yeah. All right, well let's let's take a let's take our sipsies here. First thing, mine is bubbling like a mofo. It just keeps on bubbling. Mine is not. I've got a very a very simple subtle bubble going on. Yeah, here. mine mine just keeps going, which I dig. I think I'm gonna sneeze again, FYI, for all okay. everybody out there. <laughs> make I don't it, know why it is. Don't make it a panic sneeze. <laughs> Blow the beer everywhere. What's a panic sneeze? Well, what you did is a panic sneeze is when you don't expect it to happen mm. and you are in a space where you can't have it happen. Oh, yeah. So you you literally, I was talking and you went, turned your head violently to the side <laughs> and did this weird half sneeze. It was like, Aah! and it was like, nothing came out. What happened? <laughs> it reminds me. It's a uh, panic sneeze. It reminds me. We were talking about this the other day. Do you notice that nobody on TV or in movies ever like fumbles over their lines, forgets what they're talking about? Or sneezes, or coughs. Yeah, because it's edited. Yeah, but that would be more realistic. Oh, so you're saying, in the middle of a TV show, they're talking and someone says, "Hold on, serious conversation. Hold on." Ah, yeah. I guess that would take you out of the moment, wouldn't it? Would it? That's real life, though. Well, you're not watching TV for real life. You're watching TV to escape real life, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. All right. It's about realism. Cool. Okay, back Sierra to the beer. Pale yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, Not the beer that we're drinking, by the way. I just had to throw it in there because we hadn't yet. Really, really interesting. It's got... It's almost got... Maybe this is the wrong term. Like a buttery smell to it. And it's not... I know, right? It's not, it's not buttery, but there's something about it that's like kind of got this smooth, crisp... Something to it. That's not know. a good thing. But it's not buttery. That's what I'm saying. It it just has a it just reminds me of it a little bit. That's all. 
Um, I think the rice comes through really big in this as I tasted it. Um, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it's got this kind of like, uh, how do I want to describe it? Like breakfast cereal quality to it. Oh, like Rice Krispies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. In the sip, I don't. It, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I I don't know how to taste for rice in, in a beer, but it's got a a much lighter body. Um, not that I was expecting, but it's a much lighter body than I'm used to. Yeah, because it's using the rice. Could be a little colder. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. That's I, that's no that's no bash on you by any means, Mike. I, I, I know the sitch. I mean, we had it in the fridge for 30, 40 minutes, so I mean, I was hoping it would get there at that point, but... It's it's not warm by any means. Man, mine's still bubbling. That's mine's still going. How did... What is so different about our two cans that mine stopped know. bubbling? It could be the glass. It could, could be, be the glass. There could be something on the bottom of the glass causing it to, like, mm. continually, like, nucleate. So what are you thinking? Um, I dig this. Excuse me. I think I need to drink a little more. <laughs> Since they gave me nineteen point two ounces, um, I dig it. it. It's it's very different. I I think you were onto something when you were saying that I don't know how to look for the rice in this because there just aren't many rice loggers out there craft wise. So I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. It's not a bad beer by any means. The one thing I will say... Maybe I would just say, like, I am not... My palate does not know what to do with this beer. Right, and that's kind of what I was going to say. What I'm doing is I'm trying to find the hops that they were describing in the side, and frankly, I'm having some trouble finding them until the very end. The back Mm -hmm. end, I get some of the hop flavor and the citrusy stuff, but it does not have a very citrusy smell to it. It has a very crisp smell to it. Um, And then it goes into... Very light body, very easy drinking, and then I get a little hop at the back end, a little bit. But it's not it's not overpowering it, which is good. They don't want it to overpower it, but I'm just, that's what I'm looking for, because that's what I'm used to trying to, to find. I'm with you on the hop character on the back end. I definitely get it. I would not call it subtle um, for a lager. I think it's got pretty good hop character to it. Um, and it's tasting notes, subtle tropical. I can, I can maybe see that. Uh, the coconut, I do not get. I, I don't, but that could be me. I like this beer. I think. Yeah, I think I like it. I I, I don't know if I would order it necessarily uh, for myself because it's not a style that I would normally gravitate right. to. But I will be very interested to see if this style becomes more popular as we go on. Ditto. Uh, um, very interested. I think. Oh man, there's somebody else who did a rice lager. I'm not I'm trying Ex-Novo. to think of. Is it Ex Novo? Ex Novo did one that we saw at Cerveza when you were there together with me. Uh, that was on tap. It was a Japanese style rice lager. Oh, yeah. It was called like Yuzu or something. Yep. Although Yuzu is like a lime. It's like a Japanese lime. Doesn't mean it wasn't a rice lager. That just is true. Had, just had flavor. Maybe it had some Yuzu in it. I think that's what it was, yeah. And there might be another one out there, too. So there you go. Yeah. Beer of the week this week. It's interesting. It's different. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. It's not my favorite, but it is... A very interesting experience. If you want, if you like Japanese beers, go for it because I'm sure it'll it'll hit the spot for you really well. I'd be interested to find some more Japanese, like mass-produced Japanese lagers. Yeah, and kind of side by side with it. I love the can. I love the branding. I mean, again, I'm oh, the st- branding is awesome. Again, I'm yeah. still really confused about 19.2, but that's fine. Uh, um, yeah, it'd be cool to try this alongside some of the 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 big boy Japanese beers that you always see at the Japanese. Yeah, restaurants. yeah, just to kind of see. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought this in because it's something, you know, like I said, I don't, my palate doesn't know how to react to this. You know, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's good. It it doesn't mean anything. It's just a personal thing. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this beer. Am I supposed to like slam this beer? It is sessionable. It is extremely sessionable. Am I supposed to just like crush these all day? I mean, it's, it's only what, 4.6? Yeah, 4.6. Yeah. Uh, or is it supposed to have more of a body to it? I'm not quite sure. I've seen some flaked rice and like hoppy beers and like some session IPAs and stuff. I've seen that lower the body, but that still has such hop character up front. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, the the hop notes are subtle. So in our different palates, you said it's not subtle. I don't. It, I don't find it subtle to me. I, I'm finding it very subtle at the back end for the for the hop notes for me at least. But that could be just because I love New Zealand hops. Yeah, and you've kind of learned the flavors a Ooh, little. Bit. I got a buddy that loves New Zealand hops. Maybe I should bring him on and we could talk New Zealand hops someday. Go for it. Um, I have no idea about New Zealand hops, so it'll be a learning experience. They're for very me. Uh, hobbity. What? That's a bad joke. I know what you're saying. <laughs> At first, I thought you said hoppity, and yeah. I was like, duh. And then I realized you said hobbits. Huh. Uh, <laughs> Lord uh. of the Rings shot in New Zealand. I get it. Woo-hoo! So there's our beer of the week this week. It's Level Brewing Sweep the Leg. And by the way, since we did it last week, the Imperial IPAs, uh, it's almost February, and I'm seeing them. They're hitting the shelves right now. Yeah, the triples are coming. I saw a couple of triples on the shelf today when I got this beer. I was like, there they are. Yeah. Here's the Imperials. Here it comes. Here we go. Uh got some good good some cool feedback on the social meds about that that double IPA episode. Someone called it their favorite episode so far. Wow. So shout out. I, cool. I, I don't I don't have the list of of people who commented in front of me. I don't remember, but whoever it was that listened to it, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, Especially appreciate for it. a style that I don't particularly love, and we were able to make that and it was something our, that you enjoyed, and it was our second IPA style too. So yeah, um, thank you for thank you for listening, and thank you for enjoying. I appreciate it. Uh, come or we appreciate it, right? Yeah, coming up next week. At least you do. I mean, I'm 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 the jerk over here. <laughs> next week, we have another in the brews episode coming up. I'm very excited for this. I was very happy that we did it the first time, and we're going to make it a somewhat staple of the podcast. It's been. Uh, what two months now since we did that or mm-hmm. six weeks something like that so uh, our next in the brews that's coming up next week I think there'll be more positives in this one good than good. negatives you know I do think there you know there there is one brewery that has fallen on some hard times that we could you know maybe discuss but I think for the most part uh, it's all positive stuff cool at least the stuff I've seen we can talk maybe some like uh, beer calendar stuff cool because everybody's got their 2019 beer calendar out and things like that. Sounds good to me. So that's coming up next week. Still working on that Southwest Southwest Washington episode. Uh, I know we've been promising that for a couple of weeks, but schedules are schedules. It's hard schedules to schedule are sometimes. schedules. And uh, we'll get to that very soon. And uh, we'll also be doing the Oregon Beer Awards episode coming up in the next month or so as well. So that's all still to come on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, review wherever you found us. iTunes, Google Play, Radio.com, Tending to the Fan.com, Stitcher, wherever you found us. Uh, drop a subscribe and drop a review and rate us and it, it helps us a lot first of all and we appreciate it and comment with us on social media at MikeLynch27 on Twitter at PDD085 on Instagram and uh, we'll see you for in the brews next week deuces
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 